Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that delivers merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a pizza takeout box. We're talking vinyl, CDs, T-shirts, all from artists that you love, like MXPX, Krista Makes of Less Than Jake, Keep Flying, and so many others. You can find out more at poppunktakeout.com, and it's still not too too late to also while you're at their website to order your copy of the very first uh, a very pop punk christmas compilation cd it features a lot of bands that have actually been on pop punk and pizza uh like stop drop rewind eugene levy we also have always grounded college radio settle your scores and so many others so go to poppunktakeout.com to get your copy it's only 10 bucks and uh, they'll send that uh, right to your door in no time maybe before christmas we're like uh at this point of recording about 10 days out so uh maybe you'll get lucky so poppunktakeout.com also follow them on social at poppunktakeout facebook twitter instagram tiktok you can find them at all of those platforms i'm going out i gotta go i'll bang a ring on the radio so turn it to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques L'Amour. Hello, it is so great to have you here. Before we get to today's awesome show, I want to give you a heads up about a live music show that actually just got announced today in Chicago, which is uh, where Pop Punk and Pizza is based in the greater Chicago area, and that is Snooze Fest. It's something Pop Punk and Pizza has been a part of since uh, the fest pretty much originated uh, some years back. So what it is, a bunch of local Chicago bands, they get together, they throw their favorite PJs on for one night, and uh, they rock out at one of their favorite venues, and they raise money for a good cause. Uh, This is something Guardrail puts on every single year. Now, with the pandemic, uh, in the last couple years, it's been a virtual event, but this is the first time since the pandemic that it's actually in person. So uh, this is going to be happening next year, uh, February uh, 19th, which is a Saturday. It'll be at Beat Kitchen in Chicago, featuring Guardrail, of course, but also much the same. Hi-Ho, Splits, Won't Stay Dead, uh, Burn Rebuild, OK Cool, and Eddie and the Arsons. Now, proceeds from this show are going to benefit the Hope For Us network, and I will be your host for this show, and I'm super excited about that. And also, Pop Punk Takeout is uh, going to have some type of presence there as well. Not really sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but it's going to be something cool. So, uh, details to come on that. So, if you want to get tickets for Snooze Fest now, you can go to TicketWeb.com. Dot com to snag those. So our guest on today's show is uh, someone that I've looked up to for a long time, someone that you've looked up to for a long time. He is one of the founding members of Yellow Card. Now, Yellow Card started in the late 90s in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, just this year, their second album, One for the Kids, which was originally released uh, via Lobster Records in 2001, 
And since it's 2021, it's uh, turned 20 years old now. There's actually a uh, a special vinyl, vinyl release of the record that's happening with Lobster Records as well. And so here to talk about that right now with us is Ben Harper. Let's give him a big round of applause. What's up, Ben? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. How's, yep. the, how's the hotel digs? It's good. I'm kind of like... <laughs> waiting to get in my room because it's in my buddy's name and i'm in the like on top of the lobby where it's kind of quiet where the meeting rooms are like the big ballroom conferences rooms. oh yeah i'm like totally by myself so i dig it lighting's pretty good <laughs> i think we're in there but yeah thanks awesome. for those kind words my friend yeah of course um because you are in what the you're not quite up to san francisco right no 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 we're um in i'm in southern california right now I know you are now. You're now in L.A. I'm sorry. You're in L.A. Mm-hmm. now, but you actually live north of L.A., right? Nope. Um, believe it or not, I've lived in um, – I well, maybe you're referring – because I used to live in, in Big Bear, which is like the mountains out yeah. of Los Angeles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which people can get confused with Tahoe because they're like ski resort towns. Okay. But I definitely lived in Big Bear for – Geez, I think I, I was out of – I myself was out of Yellow Card around 2006, and then 2008, I was up in the mountains in Southern California, and I ran a um, medical marijuana delivery service for almost 10 years. So that's I'm, why I was there. And the last three years, I've been back kind of in the music world studio live streams in Huntington Beach, California. Okay, that's right. And I wasn't – yeah, Sorry, Takeover Live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching the the Takeover Live shows. There's been some really good live streams, and and kudos to you for hopping on that and making that happen for so many different bands. Because I know, um, I'm sure you made it so much more affordable uh, than some of the other places around. You know that were uh, making live streams happen. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, it was just the, the situation we were in at the time. I found, uh, sadly, we actually just shut down that studio, but um, those live streams will be back in another form in another location because um, we had to get out of the building. But um, for the situation we were in where nobody was playing shows um, and we thought that people, some of the people that were doing the live streams, I just, we didn't think the music was coming across as good. Um, we just sort of took a dive into it and I rec- recruited kind of a team almost like our own little live stream band, you know, and we we did it and we did make it affordable and, um, you know, and a lot of times free. (laughs) And and we also, um, we did like Mest. We did two shows with Mest where they did uh, tickets on Veeps and it was, it was great. Um, and they made some money. We were able to, you know, let some bands make some money and let some bands get in front of some people. And the coolest thing we did was share it to Facebook groups. Um, our, uh, this woman that worked for us, Erica had, um, you know, subscribe to hundreds of rock pop punk groups and okay. all these bands we would. And because when you go live on Facebook, you can share to these groups while yeah. you're live. Yeah. So it was awesome. Yeah. We were kind of importing our own crowd. And, but, um, because we were kind of mixing the bands into pro tools and just sort of had a, a cool video system, we, we thought we were doing a pretty good job. So I appreciate that. And thanks for tuning in, my friend. Yeah, of course. Definitely, man. I, uh, I thought they were good. And I remember catching your 
conversation on Mike Herrera's podcast. And I think that is when mm-hmm. you were just starting that mm-hmm. up, that whole takeover live thing. So, yep. And it was right um, before MXPX came out with, um, cause they were planning, they were getting, you know, how they put on like a bunch of live concerts, uh, live stream concerts out of their studio. And so, yeah, everybody was kind of gearing up to, to do something right when no one yeah. put shows. Yeah. And uh, on the other side of that, helping bands. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I like about you, Ben. You're always up to something cool. You're always hopping on the next thing. And one of those (laughs) (laughs) one of those next things, of course, is uh, one for the kids. 20th anniversary. Was this your idea or were you approached by Lobster Records or or a friend or Um, a one of the other uh, previous members of yellow. Yeah. You know, I think Steve, all right. So I've always been in touch with Steve is the owner of lobster records. Okay. And without going into too long of a story, um, you know, they were the, the first label that signed yellow card, you know, yellow card with Ryan key singing it in the band, because there was a couple records before Ryan was in the band. We were just in high school, but when we were adults and going out in the world to be a band for, you know, to do that for a living, believe it or not, you know, lobster yeah. records signed us. And, um, you know, we got signed to capital fast forward and I kept in touch with Steve to a certain extent, but takeover live when we started doing those live streams and he knew that I was behind it, he actually, I, saw that he was tuning into him and I was like, Oh, Steve. And he reached out to me and he was the one that brought up the idea. I was like, he was, Hey, it's the 20 year anniversary. Um, and I have the reel to reels. You have a studio. Let's do this, you know? And, um, that was kind of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. And yeah, I think that call was in May. So we've been working on it for a long time. And, um, just with kind of doing it without a really big budget, um, cause he kind of lobster records really hasn't been a label for over 10 years. I was going to say, I mean, I was like, Oh, lobsters still a thing. Like I, it's like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know. Um, well, that's kind of, yeah, that's exactly what the idea is, 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 you know, put out this old yellow card release and, and maybe lobster can be a thing again. And, okay. and, and actually, yeah. And I'm sure, Part of the team that helped put out this re-release is definitely going to be there for Steve, and hopefully he'll start signing some new bands and stuff like that. Um, you know, LP and I have a new band, um, you know, called This Legend, which we're actually playing Friday at the Regent in downtown LA, and you know, maybe we'll put out a song on Lobster Records. I don't know. You know, there you go. So that would be awesome. I mean, um, right, and I know that's why you're in LA right now. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, you're, you're there to, to practice and, and get that going. Yes. Um, we rehearsed tonight for the first time in like, I don't know, six years. That, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't believe it. It's already been six years because, you know, I was just so thankful to be in a new band with LP when he was out of yellow card. And the, the, the fact that it's been that long since he's been out of yellow cards in like seven and a half years or seven years now, it's just mind blowing to me. We're getting old quick, man. We got to do something about this. It really is that hard to believe. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like yesterday. It, yeah. it really does. Um, and I'm sure even your time uh, when you left yellow card seems like it was yesterday as well. You know, yeah, yes, um, no, <laughs> you know, um, that was a long time ago, yes. but yeah, no time's flying. You really got to appreciate, you know, 
I always tell everyone I meet that's like 30, I'm like, hey, before you know it, you're going to be 40. You better, you know, really do something. <laughs> really get to it. Because yeah. before you know it, you're going to be 40. Yeah, that's kind of, I'm feeling that right now. Cause How I'm, old are you? I'm 31. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that whole like, yeah, I better get to it kind of thing, you know? So, <laughs> so that's what I've been really doing, especially right. the I last couple 41, of years so i'm exactly 10 years older than you and i swear to you when i was like 36 i was telling myself i was like oh yeah you know four years and i'll be 40 and i swear to god that feels like it was two days ago when yeah. i was 36 so here we are so <laughs> here yeah, we you, are. Got, you got this I'm, I'm yeah i'm taking your advice man i'm totally taking your advice um but, but you anyways, know one for the kids yeah so one for the kids i mean I feel like it's an underrated record um, for multiple reasons. I think the probably the diehard fans appreciate the record because it set the tone for Yellow Card moving forward. I mean, you know, you listen to uh, first Yellow Card releases before one for the kids, and it's a completely different band. You're like, wait, this has to be a different Yellow Card. And I mean, to obviously, to some extent, it was. It was different band members. Absolutely, and, it was. And things yeah. like that. But it was still Yellow Card. Like, you know, you right. were involved in the band. LP was involved in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's just... Um, it, it's uh, it, it set the tone for for Ocean Avenue to happen. One for the kids, for sure. I mean, there's very few people that know about like, you know, the old records before One for the Kids um, with a different singer. But you know, a lot of people know Yellow Card is when Ryan, you know, as they know Yellow Card with Ryan singing. So right. and and that's fine. You know, if if any if people want to start from there, and One for the Kids would be that first album. You know with his songwriting and his voice and this, the way that Sean sang back up. And if you actually, Sean isn't even on every single song on one for the kids. I think he's on, I don't even know the number, but you know, as yellow card evolved, I think there was a point to make Sean a part of every single song we wrote, you know what I mean? Violin wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, you know, so even when he didn't play violin on songs like starstruck, which is on one for the kids. He, it's him singing, you know, the mm-hmm. backing vocals and going yeah. crazy on stage. <laughs> but yes, it did set the um, the way for our sound, and, and um, yeah, and 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 um, it definitely set everything into place on us getting signed to Capitol Records and having a fan base, and that was what created the first round of Yellow Card fans mm-hmm. for sure. So I guess we should probably uh, start even just like a a little bit before one for the kids even Mm -hmm. was uh, started being written, Um, you know, going back to, you know, you're talking about yellow card being started in when you were in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And was it was it actually you and LP getting together? I'm trying to remember exactly. Oh my gosh, this podcast is awesome. I love that you're like, first of all, you're like super chill and like just 
the way you're like, you know, a lot of, you know, you, I do a lot of like, I've done a couple, I'm not going to call anyone out or anything, but I've done like a couple of interviews and stuff. And it seems like the people are just like, Oh, okay. Content. Here you go. Bye. It, it seems like you definitely know your steps. So I appreciate this. Well, of course, man. I've, I'm a, I'm a huge yellow card fan. Unfortunately, I did not get to see yellow card when you were in the band. I really wish I got that chance. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I've been a huge fan. And luckily, when I was introduced to Yellow Card by my girlfriend when I was a freshman in high school, she made sure that I got a copy of One for the Kids and also of the... um, Are you still with this woman? No, I'm not. (laughs) Um, But we do keep in touch, though, um, from time to time. I'll have to tell her, be like, hey, guess who I talked to the other day? That is so cool. Um, Uh But the, uh, the underdog... EP. She gave me oh. a copy of that as well, you know, so um, so yep. she she got me because she gave me that and she gave me Ocean Avenue. And then it was right around that time that, um, you know, Lights and Sounds was about to come out, too. But anyway, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge fan. Well, Yellow Card has been one of my biggest influences and in I love my it, man. musical so glad journey. I could like be on this and that it's like full circle here we are yeah. um, <laughs> and and it's thank you by the way for your kind words I, I really appreciate yeah, that I, but... I love it yeah, I'm gonna I back this podcast hard um, <laughs> thank so, you so <laughs> uh, yeah no yellow card is it's a great story and I I hope that more of the story comes out when it, you know, even just the beginnings, the middles, the drama and where it ended up, you know what I mean? And what, you know, what the hell everyone's doing now. So, um, okay. So really quick though, interjection, you can come, this legend will be playing shows again. <laughs> so you can't come see us and every now and then we'll sneak in a yellow card song. So therefore that's with LP playing drums. I think, uh, Ben froze. Hopefully we didn't lose him completely. Oh man, <laughs> I uh, I hope uh, Ben gets unfrozen here, and uh, yeah, while Ben is uh, coming back to us, uh, one for the kids, the twentieth anniversary remixed, remastered vinyl and high definition. Um, pre-orders are available for that right now. If you go to lobsterrecords.limitedrun.com and there's a whole bunch of cool bundles too that uh, go, uh, if you don't just want a vinyl, um, there's uh, t-shirt bundles uh, and uh, hoodie bundles as well. And there's a ton of variants too, actually for the vinyl as well. It's well worth checking out. Um, there's actually a, uh, a couple um, of the re uh, remixed and remastered songs that you can listen to on YouTube. And actually, maybe this would be a good time to play one of those as well. So here's a remastered version of October Nights from Yellow Cards, um, one for the kids record. So you can expect this type of quality on the 20th anniversary of vinyl. And hopefully after October Nights, Ben will be uh, back with us here on Pop Punk and Pizza. So stay tuned, all right?
<laughs> ben is back with us. Change of plan. Uh, that just at least gives you a little sample, though, of what the remaxed, re, uh, Rema- uh, remastered, remastered. Yeah, it's it's a huge difference. I was actually blown away by it. Here, um, it's it sounds brand like it sounds like a brand new record, dude. Thank you. Um, sorry about that. I sorry about just getting getting totally cool. Here. Um, yeah, no, it. That yeah, that's a whole nother discussion right there. I'll finish the story about like how we started, or you know, yellow. Yeah, t- to my recollection, though, wasn't it you and LP started jamming together? Isn't that how it started, or do yeah, I have things wrong? Yeah, like I was saying, I hope more of the story gets to come out in the future. Um, all the in betweens. We um, all went to Douglas Anderson School of the Arts, which is like a high school in Jacksonville, Florida, and. Um, LP and I basically met there and he was like just the best drummer. I, I, you know, we became friends and he also was like the best drummer in the school. He was like, just like insane beyond his years. And we were freshmen and he he used to, he used to live like 40 minutes away from me because we were in a magnet school. We came from different sides of the city. Okay. So since we didn't drive, like we would, our parents would like drive, to each other's houses and we'd bring our gear and set up and jam in our bedrooms. And most of the time it was his dad bringing him from downtown to the beach where my mom and I lived and we would get together in my bedroom. I think the first recording we ever had was a boombox recording where you like hit record on. Yes. Tape. I remember so, doing that. <laughs> and, and my little brother, Adam, who I'm seeing in next week, he's like 18. He's not little anymore. He's 18 months younger than me. But I'll never forget when he moved to California. I think he, he had the tape, but he lost it. He told me he had found it and he was bringing it. Oh, when he no. got out to California, he was like, I lost it. Can oh, you imagine? Dude. We Man, I would was, be. Yeah. That's uh that it was, was like improv. We just like it was just him and I and I remember it was like a like, three chord jam and we were just like improving. But yeah. So anyways, we started jamming out and, and doing the high school thing and then who do we meet? Um Warren, duh, sorry, Warren, the bass player. Um, and then he like started coming over and jamming. And then he knew this person and I knew this person. Fast forward to towards the end of high school, our the sing just to jump into that, how like we had that original singer named Ben who had kind of a raspy voice, like good riddance. So that old, those old yellow card records that people listen to, it kind of does sound like a different yellow card. It was a different yellow card. Yeah. Um and um, we knew Ryan Key. Ryan Key was in our arts high school. He was a theater major, so he could sing. And he also had this band called Modern Amusement. Modern Amusement used to play shows with Yellow Card and Inspection 12. And so we were kind of like, you know, brother bands, local bands in the same scene. Um, and Ryan went away, joined Craig's brother, got really damn good at songwriting. Already, what He already was, but he got better. Played a couple of songs when he got back in town because he's going to go to college. You know, Craig's brother didn't work out. And then, like, he played some songs for Warren and I. And we were like, hey, because our singer at the time was really getting into the house music scene mm. and all the stuff that came along with it. <laughs> and we were really young, you know. And, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think I, I vaguely remember hearing that part as well. Mm-hmm. And, so. and so we asked Ryan to be the singer of Yellow Card. And, you know, and he really respected us as a band at the time and he he i think he already like got on stage with us and did songs with us and stuff like at local shows so it just worked and and then you know sean was able to the violin was able to expand because it was more you know rock and melodic and um sean literally learned to sing 
like on stage behind Ryan and it just worked out really well. So how did Sean, who, who brought Sean into the mix? How did you guys meet Sean? Um, that he was like, he was an instrumental major in high school. And so was I, and he, we were both from the same kind of town in Jacksonville. So we used to carpool to school and, um, we also, uh, we were in a, a acoustic guitar, violin, two acoustic guitars and a violin trio called String Soup. <laughs> I love it. We were in arts high school. You know, we didn't have sports. Yeah. We just like did music and stuff and had projects and, and you know, there's dancers and actors and right. so yeah, had that going on. And um, I had the band Yellow Card and Sean, if you see early VHS or early footage of us. Sean's just on stage dancing and jumping around without before he even played violin with us. I think maybe he would get on stage and play violin for this one song. I think it was called Me First off of old yellow card record that he had a violin solo on, you know, or he just like, you know, we featured him just because he was our homie that played the violin. Yeah. But he loved the band. He was so wild about, you know, punk or pop punk or whatever, you know, it turned into. And he just I don't know. He kind of like pushed his own ass into the band. I think. <laughs> so but, uh, I mean, work, just just know? imagine if that could have been. It could have been another situation like the uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss tones. Like Sean just could have been the guy that dances <laughs> on stage and nothing else. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you never know. But he was so good at violin, you know. You know right. Anyway. But uh, and I, I'll never forget. He used to always sing in the car, like on the way to school. And I always thought he was a good singer because he knows melody. You know, he knows notes. Yeah, he knows his theory. Yeah. Theory, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, we were a bunch of nerds. You know, we weren't, uh, you know, everybody like, you know, had hair and and clothes and and the emo thing was thing. But if you look at old Yellow Card, we were a bunch of nerds from Florida, you know? Yeah, because I think even, um, (laughs) I think, I think even Ryan on the original front cover, he's wearing glasses, isn't he? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Yeah. LP had a teenage mustache, you know? Right. (laughs) You know, it's all. We're wholesome Florida boys. We, you were, you were very wholesome Florida boys. Um, and, uh, so, you know, getting the, uh, you know, that. So getting to that point where, you know, Ryan's in the band, I mean, that's probably pretty much when the writing for uh, One for the Kids started, right? Yes, 100%. And what was the first song that kind of unfolded and and got the ball rolling for that record? Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) that's i i can't i know there was like sessions i mean i remember there was a couple songs that we like the first songs we wrote as with ryan as our singer um i remember some of the first rehearsal i remember the first rehearsal with ryan although i do remember that it was at lp's dad's house in springfield jacksonville which is you know not the best part of town um I remember that and it was hardwood floors and it was just, it just was really cool. It was this feeling and I just can't, it's hard to describe kind of like you think you got something or this is going to work or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I just, it, the, most of those songs we, we had, we wrote, we wrote, we wrote because we knew lobster records was going to pay for us to do a record at, uh, uh, Pennywise's, it was Fletcher from Pennywise's studio and he had a partner, um, it was called stall number two and, uh, Redondo beach. I love the name. 
<laughs> and it was like a big deal to us, you know what I mean? Well, that's and, huge. I mean, you're talking about Fletcher from Pennywise. You're going to be at his studio. Right. You, and we all know. grew up on, you know, fat and no effects and Pennywise and bad religion. And so it was, yeah. it was the big time for us. And so we had this group of songs and we drove to California to do the record. We took a van, like a panel van and drove across the country. We all took shifts and got there in like 36 hours, drove to the lobster records office in Santa Barbara set up. And the producer met us there, Darian. And we like played him the songs in the office of lobster records. And I remember <laughs> I was like the first pre-production we ever had. Wow. Where he was like, Oh, you know, I remember in big apple heartbreak, one of the songs, I think song number six, he's like, I think the verse was the chorus and the chorus was the verse. And that was the first time we ever had someone tell us like, you know, you know, yellow card's always written everything, but you know, some arrangement changes here and there, or maybe a different melody in this spot, you know, has been suggested. Um, and that was the first time we heard, you know, I suggest, I love pre-production. I love that, you know, producers that put in their, you know, make the songs better. Yeah. And it was, I'll never forget that. Yeah. And we changed around that song completely. And after we did it and played it through and learned it, we were like, Whoa, wow. So yeah, It's, that, it's that, always such a life changing experience. I mm -hmm. think that's probably my favorite part if not my most favorite part of the, the recording mm -hmm. process is the whole, that whole pre-pro session. Well, yeah. It, it, hey, there's a lot, I, you know, there's some producers out there that don't do pre-production. Boo. So yeah. if you're going to pay some money for a record, get somebody that knows songwriting and it's not just an engineer because there's a yeah. difference. Sorry, there's sirens. In the <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. We know you're in LA, so it's all, all good. But yeah. Man. Those, um, those are great days. Yeah. And uh, a, a couple of those songs, I think, Ryan wrote when he was in Craig's brother, maybe a wall, okay. most of them, um, you know, I think maybe a handful, maybe Rockstar land. I think he had, um, that he kind of brought with him into the band. Right. Mm -hmm. And then songs like drifting were already kind of songs from the yellow card before Ryan that we okay. brought to him and he wrote lyrics on top. Oh, interesting. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, what to, now that we're talking about more of the songs? Do you have a favorite from one for the kids um, or a couple? What like okay, and like you know, we were talking about whose idea it was, yeah. and then how like the the label hit um, kind of came to me because at the time I had a studio mm -hmm. and a guy that could mix and all that kind of stuff. Um, props to Jamie McMahon. Um, I got to listen to those songs so much and revisit those songs. You know what I mean? And I bet it just really. And and when was the last time you had listened to that record? I mean, well, that's it. You know, I'll tell you what. Um, and no disrespect to the guy that produced it and mixed it back in the day because he did a wonderful job. Um, um, but for whatever reason, it was kind of like under budget, and I think the mix was rushed. But there's just. Like, you know how you were saying that it kind of sounds like it's a whole new record or when you were just listening to October Nights, there really was some deficiencies in the process to where the tones were there and the mix or whatever, or the master didn't represent what we laid down. Yeah. And so some, you know, thank God we were able to go back and do that and actually show the world what this record should have really sounded like. Um, 
And it's kind of, I don't really know. Yeah. And one for this is great what it was, you know, and most people were listening to it on crappy speakers as MP3s, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. through, while they're on AOL or messenger, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or Napster. So it, it, it's, it's, I mean, gosh, it was wonderful being able to sonically go back and, and take all those tones and re repurpose them. And we made a serious point to keep the integrity of what, was performed and not replace it with samples and all that kind of stuff, which is very prevalent in recording today. Yes. And the, the tones were gorgeous. And so what you're hearing is, are, are you know, just everything repurposed and, and, and put where we think it should be. Now, mind you, Ryan and Sean were not a part of the um, mixing process uh, we can get into that if you want to. You but mean I, the remix or the original? Mix? The this this process when we redid it and is is just so Warren, LP, and I, which is you know three out of the five of us are in touch, and we're also in touch with Lobster Records. The three of us have not been in touch with Sean or Ryan for years and years and years. And so there was some email exchange with management trying to get in touch with them before the announcement of the release. Um, and it's just, we still haven't connected yet. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that Ryan and Sean like the mix as much as we do, you know, I hope so. And we, we are also hoping that maybe this would like reunite us and maybe we would actually have a conversation or some sort of email banter about this, but you know, we're not giving up. Um, yeah. And we would, so, and I know we didn't know Ryan was coming out with new solo stuff. Yeah. That was just announced this week. He signed yeah. to En Vogue. So, right. And so, yeah, you know, props to him. And maybe when he's done promoting that or somewhere in between, he can um, post on the yellow card socials about one for the kids. Mm hmm. Because it helps him too, and and you know just to be like overly honest, um, the label uh, is like almost like gifting this re-release to the members of the band. Oh, really? You know, yeah, royalty-wise, like hey, okay, a larger percentage. You know, uh, you know, kind of like an almost like a new deal, and so like everyone will you know see something from this, and so it only benefits you know Ryan and Sean if they get in on the promotion aspect of it. Yeah, I, 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 everyone can kind of see what, well, I know Sean is active on social media too, but, um, I don't know what, what is Sean up to these days? I know he's got a family. I but... really, no, I don't really don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I actually don't know that he's active on social cause I'm not like part of the socials. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like LP and I've been best friends even when he was in yellow card and I was out of yellow card. Um, right. Warren and I, of course, have always been super close but for whatever reason, Ryan, Sean, I, I don't know if they communicate with, uh, you know, yeah, for, for all I know, that they, there's no communication with ex-members. Mm -hmm. I know that um, Pete and Ryan are close still. Pete was the bass player on Ocean Avenue. Yeah. Lights and sounds and paper walls. But, um, but uh, for what I know, <laughs> Sean is um, in Washington or Texas, and I think he has a family. So... Right. I knew that when Yellow Card was on their farewell tour, he was just, uh, I think his his wife was pregnant, I think, with their first child. That's great. Know? Yeah. So I could totally see him being the family man. And it seems as if out of all the Yellow Card members, he does is the only one with a kid with kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, if, that's that's kind of what I thought, too. Totally. <laughs> totally be the one with kids. So. But I think there's. 
they're really i hope this does inject some excitement oh, i'm open and, book as you can see yeah obviously and and um i think the the remix and, and the remastering of the record g- getting back to mm-hmm. what you're talking about with tone wise um i always felt that way about the record ever since the first that, that, first oh time yeah i, I, I heard didn't it. even answer the question and that's kind of like why i didn't listen to it so much because over time you know you you learn about what good recordings are and you know technology and i was like oh you know gosh and i never did it occur to me that steve was always sitting there with the reel to reels and that you could go and actually remix it and remaster it you know how lucky are we to be able to do this yeah um and it just happens to be with the situation so so after being involved in the remix process and having those in the songs over and over and hearing them in this new light where you can hear lp's kick drums and you can hear you know the, the the eq's proper and just just the power is back you know I, I, my favorite, I think the, my favorite song, and I was, I'm just trying to get on track <laughs> one steering us off track here. It's all good, man. You're all good. I, there's so much uh, to talk about, you know, uh, is I love trembling. Yes. It's a very I, unique song. And so have you heard the whole remix yet? I have not okay, just, just two, just two of the songs. Well, it does come out Friday, but if I, right. I, I'll send you, if you slide me your cell phone number, I'll slide you a, um, promo of it so you can listen to it tonight okay sweet man i would love i would love that but um it's it's trembling is amazing because it's like fast and it's like dark and it's just something different um i like a wall as well i mean you're right i don't know one for the kids is such a a great record like you know you're originally saying when we started talking and I don't even know the percentage of yellow card fans that are Ocean Avenue fans, you know, that they're you know, in that pop world mm-hmm. that probably have never even listened to one for the kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe are turned off because of the sonic quality when they first hear it. Mm-hmm. So and, we're hoping and, that this, you know, gets some freaking plays and people listen to it and dive into, you know, this record that's 20 years old. So, yeah, I think uh, they I honestly think they will because, cool. um, I just the the I remember the the first time listening to it. Obviously, there's a huge different huge difference between that and Ocean Avenue. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you're signed to a major label. You got a much bigger budget, so it that you know that all makes sense. Oh, like hundred times bigger budget, <laughs> right? Yeah, but even still, like going back to um the just even the tones mm-hmm. um and capabilities before having that ginormous budget um i feel like um it probably it it could have been probably could have been better you know i just always felt like i what i loved about the record is that it always had a good um i don't know how to word this a, a, like a live feel like it mm-hmm. felt like everyone was actually playing together like yes. at the same time kind of deal, you know, yeah. all at once. Um, I did it had, like, um, it felt like it was alive. It was like, you know, it had energy. It had, yeah, it wasn't like, yeah, you could feel the power in the performance. You're yeah. ta- we're talking about one for the kids, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, um, but as far as tones, I felt like it was kind of flat. Um, yeah all across the board but then also the guitars seemed like they could have used a little more grit um and right 
you know, I, I, yeah, I like I'm, you know, I'm not a big producer. I, like I'm not the guy that mixed it. I was kind of like the historian, like, okay, you know, listen to the record. This is way louder here. And in this, you know, this is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and no, don't, you know, replace this with a sample and the, all that kind of stuff, you know, just sort of like, like making sure the integrity was there, but it was enhanced. Yeah. Um, but when we pulled the files of the, no one really knew what was up with the original mix of one for the kids until a producer was able to look at the original files and the original tones. Cause there was tracked on a reel to reel. Yeah. And so we just got all of these tracks, you know, unlabeled tracks. And so we had to go and be like, okay, well this is obviously the kick and this is obviously this. And, and the tones are actually amazing, but somehow it was somehow, some way, it was kind of squished or the low end wasn't proper. Ryan's voice was kind of EQ'd. Could have been better. Yeah, it was just kind of flat. Like I said, it did, there wasn't really, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and I guarantee you when you hear this, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of restored. Um, yeah, it, it's like that's why it's called high definition because it's <laughs> kind of what it's like. I think one of the first one of our our friends heard it. And he was like, wow, it's like one for the kids in high death. Yeah. So and and I feel like um it it almost it brings it closer to uh that that ocean yes. avenue mm-hmm. level, you know. And Absolutely. I think Absolutely it, 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 it'll hit, pump your speakers. And they're really, yeah, really there's like actual low end and um and, and you know, and there was some stuff that you know that were what was recorded that obviously digital technology you could have tuned or or lined up on a grid and we didn't do that you know what i'm saying we didn't go and you know make the record unnatural like you're saying to keep that feeling so now there's the performances there the tones that were originally laid down there are, are are just mixed right and current with current technology therefore it really will sound like a brand new yellow card record to yellow card fans Mm-hmm. Or are new, you know, to just pop punk fans, I think a lot of people will find it because the songwriting is there. Like you were saying, the songwriting is there, just like Ocean Avenue is there. It's a record that you can listen to from beginning to end. Yeah, there's so many songs where you you listen to you listen to the song, you're like, oh, I could hear like how this could have been a song on Ocean Avenue. You know, there's like I always thought oh, yeah. um, songwriting is songwriting. You know, yeah. Like if you got a formula and the band knows it, you know, you will see it in its different forms and every record. And then when you start replacing band members, no matter what you, no matter how you like it, it will change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you yeah. heard, you hear yellow cards progression, you know, with every record. And yeah. And I don't know if we really, um, got, got into it, but like the beginning of yellow card was more like, um, uh, punk rock skate punk hardcore punk mm-hmm. kind of vibe right i mean that's how i always described absolutely it. yeah we were i mean gosh we were 17 years old you know we just went fast and lp just went fast and we went fast <laughs> with him and yeah we were really um you know into good riddance you know stuff like mm-hmm. that uh pennywise and 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 those are the kind of bands that would come in town and play our beach city, you know, our Jacksonville beach, Jacksonville was, you know, and they, these were bands that were on the radio, Lagwagon, No Effects, 
And so it was amazing to us and such a MTV radio, you know, the late nineties seeing bands come in town and bring a thousand people and sell out the milk bar, the local venue. Yeah. And so we were trying to open up for those bands. So we had to sound like those bands and all those bands happened to come from California, you know? <laughs> so, yep. Yep. And that's and- why as soon as we were out of high school, we moved to California. So, you yeah. know, we shopped to California labels. It was a, you know, and Ryan went to play with Craig's brother who was on tooth and nail records out of Santa Cruz. And he had met other bands and people that lived in California. So it just seemed fitting to go there with the whole band. So, so at that point, uh, one for the kids, did everyone actually move to California yeah. or okay. after we recorded the record, we drove in the van and then we drove back to Jacksonville and all of us individually moved. I well, not individually. I think Ryan and Sean went first. They rented a house in Newbury Park, California, which is like a thousand Oaks kind of North Los Angeles. Okay. And, um, LP and I came out or I came out next. Warren and his fiance at the time moved out together. And then, um, LP came out last and we all got day jobs and put out one for the kids on Lobster Records and started doing our first tours, started playing locally. Um, and because of our message board and mp3.com, we like noticed like, whoa, why is one for the kids at like a hundred thousand? It was the first like website where it had plays like mp3.com. Like you could hear a band's music. Yeah. Band could have a profile and it would just be, it was a music player and you would upload your songs and it would have a counter. And that was it. And we saw that our songs were getting more plays than, you know, our homies in, you know, in Jacksonville or whatever. We noticed that something was happening. And then people were coming to our message board at yellowcardrock.com. We were like, oh, my God, you know, we have a thousand members. Oh, my God. A hundred people sang along to our song, you know, came to Chain Reaction to see us. And then we got a booking agent. And then, um... Once we got that booking agent, we were on tours with Pulley and the bands we grew up with, um, No Use for a Name, Lagwagon. And then, yeah, we quickly quit our day jobs and became a full-time band. And before we knew it, that's when Capital signed us, you know. It was, it was, it was probably what? the first, like... It was within that year after signing to, or after releasing One for the Kids, right? Well, yeah. Uh, t- we got signed in 2002. Yeah. To Capitol Records, it was a that was the longest year ever. Um, <laughs> I bet. But two thousand three uh, was equally as long. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Though. They all seem like each year was five years, but um, yeah, no, because the year goes by so quick when you get older. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was crazy. It was it was quick, and it was the first. Re- you know, things are viral. It's just so common now. Um, but it was really the f- the first. Our, my experience of something going viral, you know what I mean? Of actually like through the internet, people finding out your music and coming to your shows without it being on the radio or MTV. And that happened and Capitol Records picked up on that. And about seven shows, it took about seven shows for that A&R Louis Van Dyck to sign us, you know, to submit like, oh, this is real. Like, whoa, we've got to do this. Yeah. He so. So he went to seven seven different shows. Is that what no, you're like saying? like the Louis Bandic, the A and R rep for Capitol uh-huh. Records. I think came. Uh-huh. I think, it, I think they came to like seven. You know, they came to like, you know, it's not like they came to one show and brought us in and signed us. They well, like yeah. walked us for like months. You mm-hmm. know, 
and, and saw the kids singing along and had to talk their label into saying, Hey, let's sign these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. This weird band with a violin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. It's like, well, the kids seem to dig it. So let's, let's do right, it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah um, we're in sync, you know, <laughs> you were the in sync of, of pop punk at the time. Gosh, I don't think so, but maybe uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, ocean Ave- or something. I mean, ocean Avenue was huge, you yeah. know, and, and, but you know, uh, it's all because of one for the kids. Um, that's Absolutely. what, that's what made it possible. Good tie-in, buddy. Good tie-in. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's really what made it possible. The integrity of that mm-hmm. record is what made Ocean Avenue the the big wave that it was and still is. Yeah, and, and in, all uh, I know, Yellow Card is is playing, you know, Ocean Avenue songs, one for the kids songs, underdog songs, you know, and the and gifts and curses and stuff like. And even though I wrote and was on Lights and Sounds. A lot of people don't know that. Um, I never got to tour on it. You know? No, right. Yeah, you were... Did you actually record the whole yes, thing? Yes, yes. You did it, record the whole thing. I, did, I couldn't yeah. remember if it was only part of the recording. I knew well, it was all of the writing, but I couldn't remember if well, as it was like, you know, all... As like, I mean, even on Ocean Avenue, I think there's like a song or two that I'm not on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, right. as, as a lead guitar player... You know, and Ryan did a lot of his own rhythms, his, you know, a lot of all the rhythms. So I would come in and play solos or the octaves or the leads or the, the lead part that goes with the violin. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, and so in the recording process, there's parts where Ryan would track everything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And, or, you know, in order just for efficiency or time or whatever, it's like that with a lot of bands. And so when there was the separation between Yellow Card and I with Lights and Sounds, it came out like, and actually it was an agreement between legal that hey they don't want to list you as a writer on this record and right. we were like okay as long as i get my you know my share yeah for whatever right. reason they didn't want to list me as a writer yeah so somewhere in the fine prints of whatever it says ben performs on song one three two five you know what i mean it's like yeah they like i did all that kind of stuff whereas we used to always just be like you know whatever so but that's the confusion with lights and sounds but that's absolutely the leads on there are me and the solos and all that kind of stuff and that's what i did in ocean avenue you know and of course when we were live i played you know i play parts that you know ryan played on the records live mm. because he's singing so right absolutely was, you know every band's got its own dynamic but uh yeah i guess my point to all that is like yeah i almost listen to lights and sounds because i didn't t- like tour on it you know uh-huh. it's almost like it's a trippy experience when i listen to that record yeah i would imagine so that's a that's a whole right. other experience it's like yeah it's just the weirdest feeling and um but yeah, no, that's a whole nother podcast, man. We can <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, there's hard records, but um, right, there's a big yeah. There's but this, a, but yeah, no, we're stoked on one for the kids. I'm really excited for it to come out on Spotify and all the. Oh yeah, you didn't. Even, I don't even know. We haven't even touched on that because you you brought up the vinyl, but it comes out Friday. The, you're right. You can actually listen to it right um, digitally this Friday of seventeenth, mm-hmm. December seventeenth. So right, and I'm excited because. You know, a lot of people, you know, that just know Ocean Avenue or, or that song, or, you know, that maybe follow Yellow Card on Spotify. They're not they don't know about this release right now, you know, yeah. um, but when it that shows up on the Yellow Card Spotify page, they're going to get a little 
thing that says yellow card has a new song out or something. Yeah. And so it'll excited. be excited. It'll be a nice it'll be a nice surprise and if they don't know about it or they've never given the record a listen. I know there's several uh you know yellow card fans that miss yellow card. So there it'll we go. Be, oh, it'll be refreshing for sure. Yeah. So and I you know, and I and you know, by all means are you know, I hope they will go and listen to that and go go check out what Ryan just released, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope they makes them go, Oh, what's Ryan doing? So Yeah. Right. Um, and what's everyone else up to? What? So speaking of, what else are you? I mean, you've I've been in a hotel I, lobby. You're in a hotel lobby. Uh, this legend is is uh, actually practicing, performing for the first time in six years. Yeah. Um, Takeover Live is um, kind of asleep for the time being. But what else do you have going on? Um, well, it, it seems as if like this legend will be writing new material for the, we have a really good record out on Cybertrax records. Um, it's called it's in the streets. Um, if you go on Spotify and Apple music, it's there. Sweet. We think it's great. We know a lot of people that think it's great. We have not done a new song together in a very long time. And I think that's gonna, you know, maybe we might work on one tonight. I think you're going to see new, this legend music. So that's new stuff from LP on drums and me playing Sweet. guitar. And Chris is, I respect Chris just as much as a songwriter as I have respected Ryan key. And I, you know, I'm really like stingy about that as like, you know, not that I won't play with it. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to go start a band with someone unless I like really I'm all about the songs, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, it only makes sense. Yeah. So who else? So Chris, what's, what's Chris's last name? Chris Castillo and okay. El Jefe from No Effects, who is the owner of Cybertrax, him and his um, wife, uh, Jen Abeda, I think they're separated now, but um, they're the owners of Cybertrax and they knew about Chris Castillo and his old band. And so when LP was out of yellow card and LP and I, uh, reunited they were like oh you guys should meet this guy chris you know and we met chris and it clicked you know and they put out a record you know paid for a record and we recorded sampira like good producer and so that's that's coming up lp has like all kinds of bands um yeah for me he's, he's yeah, one of the best me. he's he's underrated as far as uh, oh yeah drummers he's in my opinion one of the best drummers ever absolutely <laughs> i always yeah and, and now we see like travis barker like everything pop punk i really think someone you know maybe we should find lp like a new manager or something but yeah LP's <laughs> like playing yeah. on his record but that's okay yeah. he could just play with this legend yeah there you go i mean <laughs> but no in my eyes he's right up there with travis i mean oh my gosh yeah. he's right. always blown my mind well with... LP's, it's his own, he's his own style i mean if, yes. if you're a drummer out there and you haven't really gone and watched lp like solo or just like improv or or what that guy does with his like kick drum and stuff it's quite impressive like it's different it's like his own thing you know what i mean no one else sounds like LP. no one else plays drums like lp mm-hmm. hands down no. then again no one else really plays drums like travis barker that's exactly that's why they're they're both so unique right and, and totally. that's why i feel like lp is is underrated hey you know? you know you know some of our peers are are pushing 60 we're are we're all early early 40s so there's time but let's <laughs> see how time long to turn this around going uh and what Tra- travis is uh what he's mid 40s I think. Uh, yeah, I forget. 
not not too much older, but he I might, wanna, no. he's definitely <sighs> a little he's older. Got, I think he's fifty. I think he's like. 50. You think he's fifty? I don't know if he's quite. Google it. I don't. I, don't have, I can't right now. <laughs> well, let's see. Now I'm curious. Me too. Um, because he's, so, he's totally having a revival. He's 46. Oh, you're right. You're, I, I knew. I knew. You were right. Yeah, <laughs> you're the Blink 182 guy. <laughs> I do love Blink. Um, yep. You know, and yep. Uh, yep. obviously Travis is is quite. Uh, you know, is quite a uh, a name. And more and more okay. right now. Oh no, but, Mark is older than Travis is the young one. I think Mark Travis. Yeah, I think Travis is the youngest. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I want to say Mark and Tom are. Let's see. Someone's fifty. Well, uh, Tom just had a birthday a couple of days ago. Um, he's oh he's forty six as well. Jesus. Never mind. Okay, so I'm off. I didn't realize. Maybe when... okay. Maybe Mark is the older one, or may. Yeah, you're right. He's 49. Mark is 49. I'm not even that much older. Okay, good. Good for them. Good so, for yeah. So Mark will be 50 in March. Okay, so yeah. they're like six years, five, six to nine years older than the yellow card guys. Yeah, the yeah. no effects in Pennywise guys are like 55. Yep. Yeah. Everybody is still rocking their ass off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I love it. And you know, I, I took a little like you know, ten year break in the in the pop business, but I did you know, and, and you know, do a, I, we did a year of touring with this legend, and I fully intend to spend my forties as an old you know, gray herring pop punker. Sweet man, do it, do I'm it, man. Do it Friday. I- I fully support you. Yeah. And I hope you have a kick-ass show. And I think it's awesome. You're actually playing a show, even though it's not a yellow card show, but it's almost like a yellow card show. LP is there. I got it. Yeah. I don't know know. how much time we have, but yeah, we uh, got a couple minutes. Okay. So like, this is a true, I don't know if I've ever told anyone this story, but I'm kind of getting, now I'm getting comfortable with the podcast where I was really like even really uncomfortable to see myself on video. But (laughs) so I used to have like, when I was out of yellow card, I know this sounds kind of weird. Maybe I'm getting too personal, but I used to have dreams. I used to have dreams about being on stage with LP or, or just with Yellow Card. I used to like have reoccurring dream that I was on stage with the guys, and it was kind of trippy and it was kind of a bummer when I'd wake up. I'm like, oh, you know, when LP was out of Yellow Card, thank you universe, and we reunited and started this legend. Those dreams have never came back again. Really? Ever. Because I think it's because I maybe that's what I was missing was being on stage with LP. Or maybe it was the maybe it was the fact that you at least connected with one member. Of well, the no, honestly, that feeling of performing with LP behind you is, mm-hmm. is like no other. I've been on stage with other drummers, love them all. But playing with LP is different. I mean, we just said he's one of the the most mm. amazing drummers of all time. But also, I mean, you started playing with him when you were a teenager, and it's also Total Recall. It was all I knew, you know. Yeah, and it's a natural thing, and it's about a feeling of of like you know when you go off on stage. You know, some people, you know, for me, if I don't know if you know, like I like to like go crazy on stage. I kind of just like I probably look really silly. 
And oh I'm, yeah, I do the same thing. I make but, a fool of myself. Right, and and just something <laughs> and something about LP and just it just bring it makes it happen to the fullest. Whereas I've done some shows with other bands and maybe I didn't feel as comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's also the style of music too. You know what I mean? Sure. But um, yeah, no, that it was really cool that that happened, and it just it just feels kind of like it is. And in, in, uh, to the point, it does. It feels like it's yellow card again with this legend because the songwriting's there. Powers there, the talents there, the messages there. So, yeah, I you know I'm I'm very thankful. You know, like I said, I shit. You know, all of us would would be Ryan's and Sean's friend again, and would totally be down to do something. I don't think that's ever going to happen. You know, I mean, even if it's just a you know just a, at least one off exchange just even to exchange words or just that would have, be that will happen you know. I, I think you know um sometimes somehow um we really thought that the re-releasing this and maybe we we waited too long to really reach out to them you know mm-hmm. um i think yeah whatever maybe we could have tried harder you know what i mean um yeah. uh but yeah uh it's so hard to talk about that, but uh, no, I I completely understand. I just hope, yeah. I just hope uh, that you know everyone, uh, some in some way or another, is able to just reconnect. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what say saying. something and just yeah, kind of acknowledge none of us. Acknowledge any of us, other. even like like playing music with Ryan again is like we know that's never going to happen again. But right. definitely a, like just a hello or. a it's yeah. any sort of like conversation. I mean, it doesn't have to get dramatic. I mean, God, you know, we're, whatever happened to all, you know, all that kind of drama, you know, for me, we were in like mid twenties for LP. It's a little different. And I'm sure for every ex yellow card member, it's a little different, but, um, life is short. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it would only do Ryan like really good with his solo career is to like be a little more open to the yellow card past, maybe support it a little bit more. And, and we're just thankful that this record was able to be remixed and remastered. So yellow card fans, whatever album you are into can get some, something new to listen to, even though it's the same songs, the remix and remastered has allowed this to, to come off across his new yellow card hands down. So it it really comes off as a whole Mm -hmm. new record. So everyone needs to check that out. Go check it out. Go get the (laughs) pre-order the vinyl. It ships next summer. And then Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time, midnight East coast. Listen to yourself, a whole new yellow card record. (laughs) I love it. And then uh, brush up on uh, this legend. Oh and, um, yeah, yeah. You check, know. check out this legend, and yeah. you'll see. Uh, uh, you know, follow them, and then you, you will see a, a new song sometime next year, for awesome. sure. Well, at least looking, one. Looking forward to that. So, uh, Ben, uh, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I really hope you have a great show on Friday. Anytime, Mister Lamore. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll have to do this again. We'll have to maybe uh, next time we'll we'll dive in. We'll do like a. This. How do you pronounce your name properly? Jacques. Jacques, and it's Lamour. Yep, Lamour. Yeah. Is that French? Yes. You know, LP Longinue Parsons is French. It is French. You're right. He's, he literally speaks like a pretty decent. You know. Does he really? I don't yeah, speak he, it that well. I took like. Uh, three years in high school and I've never used it so well, I've just lost it. I don't really know how well it is but we have literally he will speak full French yeah. is that the right term? He'll 
like when we've gone to Quebec and stuff and yeah, like he'll go, I don't know how well it's coming across, but you know, he could be saying the wrong thing or something, but yeah, he could totally get down. So well, just, well, yeah. next time we'll have you and LP on the yes. show and 100%. him and I, him and I will have like a French off. You yes. Know, we'll have a French see... off and we'll do some of this legend stuff <laughs> and maybe preview any song. Yeah, no, that would be great. I would, I would love to actually next time have both and you both. Yeah. You and LP on the show, and and we can talk this legend. That would be cool. For sure. Consider it done. Awesome. Well, yeah, have a great rest of the night. I hope you're able to check into your hotel room soon. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, as soon as I I probably go downstairs, I think my boy Corey will be there. So Awesome. We're going to check in, and then we're going to get ready to head over to this legend practice. We're going to make sure LP and his wife get in town, and... I'm excited, man. This is a great little um, predicate to a cool night of rehearsal, almost like historical reunion. So cool. (laughs) All right, man. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. You too, Ben. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's give Ben a, uh, another round of applause. Benjamin Harper, everyone. What a wonderful, such a kind dude. I'm really grateful, uh, that, uh, he stopped by to talk about the 20th anniversary of yellow cards, second album, one for the kids. Uh, make sure you, uh, give that a listen coming up. If you're listening to this before Friday, you'll have to wait, but maybe it's after Friday, December 17th, and you can hit up Spotify and all the streaming platforms and actually listen to the remixed remastered version of the record i promise you're going to fall in love with the record if you never really gave it a chance before go ahead and give it a chance now see what you think of it if you like what you hear then you can pre-order the record which you can do at lobsterrecords.limitedrun.com all kinds of bundles there uh, all kinds of different vinyl variants as well. And some of those bundles include shirts. They include hoodies and all that good stuff. And then, yeah, check out this legend. Um, we did briefly mention uh, Ryan Key. Uh, William Ryan Key is what he goes by with his uh, solo music. He also just announced he signed to Envogue Records. Um, not sure what other members of Yellow Card are up to, but I would be uh, curious to find out now after talking to Ben about uh, all of that. So um, thank you so much to uh, Mike from Earshot Media for setting up uh, this interview and uh, also to Lobster Records as well for making this uh, 20th anniversary happen. I'm Jacques Lamore. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you listen to previous episodes at poppunkpizzapod.com or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Drop us a positive rating and review as well while you're at it. Uh, you can get merch as well. That is a huge support. Helps keep the lights on here at poppunkpizzapod.com. You can get $2 off your order if you use the promo code poppunk and also support our sponsor pop punk takeout go to poppunktakeout.com sign up for that subscription box where you can get merchandise delivered from pop punk artists from all over the world inside a takeout box a, a pizza takeout box you can get that delivered right to your door once a month uh, also they have the uh, a very pop punk 
Christmas compilation CD that you can buy right now at poppunktakeout.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff at poppunktakeout. And uh, I look forward to talking with you next week on our live stream or just on the regular podcast uh, live stream coming up Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook, our YouTube and our Twitch or episodes are available the next day, every Thursday on all podcast platforms. You have yourself a great rest of the night, a great rest of the day, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this podcast. Hey, hello, it's night.